Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Permit me one moment while I turn to the hymn that we sang to begin. Evening and morning, it is. Hymn number 726, in which we find these words. Father, O hear me, pardon and spare me, calm all my terrors, blot out my errors, that by thine eyes they may no more be scanned. Order my goings, direct all my doings, as it may please thee, retain or release me, all I commit to thy fatherly hand. Our text for this evening focuses our attention on God who has created all things. But it is oftentimes that the reason, the reason people struggle with creation, with gathering many material possessions, is because of fear. They're terrified. Calm all my terrors, we sang. Why is man terrified? Man is terrified because they do not believe in their creator. They do not believe that their creator even cares anymore for them. They believe that everything which they have, which they must keep, is completely and utterly done by their own strength, by their own preparation. And so they are terrified to lose it. So they hoard it for themselves. They spend all of their waking time working for it, storing it away in barn houses, as the texts have spoken of in the Scripture. And then what happens? What happens? The Lord says that your soul is required of you this night. And all the material wealth remains on earth. And they go to be judged. Tonight is for us to focus on our trust. Casting aside all our terrors all our fears about creation. In learning as a child to trust in the Father like we trusted our earthly parents to provide for us. Now it's not only the Father, it's also the Son and the Holy Spirit. We don't want to promote any heresies in this house. And so we must be clear that all, the entirety of the Trinity is involved in creation and in fact sustaining creation. It is written in John chapter 1, referring to the Christ. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. And as you heard in Genesis chapter 1, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. 
This is good for us, especially us Christians. If we are going to be rid of terror and fear, isn't it good to know that our God, not just the Father, but the Son and the Holy Spirit, are working in creation to keep on creating, to keep creation sustained? Wasn't that the beauty of Psalm 104? We need the God who is present in his creation. What did it say? When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away your breath, they return to their dust. But when you send forth your spirit, it is renewed. We need a God who is present in our creation, and we have one. We have a God who puts aside our fears by calming them with his words of promise that he will not leave his creation, that he will be in creation. And this is profoundly important for the Christian life. It actually does have an impact for how we live. God tells us that as Christians, we are to love your neighbor. Just sometimes, a little bit, whenever I feel like it, when I'm in a good mood. To love your neighbor all the time. Now that would be tremendously more and more difficult for us if we were fearing whether or not we would have anything left after we'd given. If in our mind we were always terrified of losing possessions by giving them to another, well then we would never be very sacrificial, would we? We would build up for ourselves the largest of storehouses. We'd have those huge bank accounts, making sure that we had enough for us and not caring for another. But God calls us to be generous with our living, to care for another. But he does this, he asks this of us, By also giving us the promise that I will provide for you. Do not be anxious, he says. Not about your food, not about your clothing, not about the riches of this world. I will provide. He said, Look at the birds, look at the lilies. Look at the grass of the field, everything which fades away, which doesn't work like you work, or like you worked before you retired. Although if you're Bob Sulik, at least I know he is more busy in retirement than he might have been while he was working. And I'm sure that holds true for many of you. You know I just like to pick on him in the sermons. But isn't that our reality? That we have a God, if we look past, and that's what this hymn said, 
when we are before the throne of God, we will then remember all of those things. It says this, After the storm, the fair, the fair sun shows its face, joys ever increasing and peace never ceasing. These I shall treasure and share in full measure when in his mansion God grants me a place. Maybe we don't always see it clearly now how God is continuing to sustain his creation, our lives. Not just the world, but our lives, our homes, our budgets, our food, our clothing. But even if we only see it partially, there will come a time when we will see his care perfectly. When we struggle to live that sacrificial life, it's because we fleeting we are we are going back into going back into the fear that we had when we disobeyed God. I'm bringing up, of course, Adam and Eve. Because we forget the one who told us to fulfill or to fill the whole world, to be fruitful and multiply. It wasn't our plan, it was God's plan. He said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed and its fruit, you shall have them for food. This was God's plan. That everything which he has created in this world was to serve us. But that doesn't mean that we would take it for ourselves. And never share or be kind with it. For God has not just given some things. But all things in this world. But we're scared. We're scared to trust that God will yet provide even though we give. It's also that I find that with Christians, many of us have been burned. We've been taken advantage of. If I asked you to raise your hand, I'm sure every one of you would. How many, how many times, maybe the better question, has someone in this world taken advantage of your generosity so that you've become maybe jaded, angry when somebody asks you? But I want you to think about something. God gave the whole entire world to Adam and Eve and his family that would come after him. How many times in the history of the whole world has God's generosity been taken advantage of? Probably a lot more than yours. And yet God has not removed himself from creation. In fact, he entered creation in time and place through his son Jesus Christ to redeem his creation 
to buy it back at the price of the precious, innocent blood of Jesus. He gave even more. If all of creation was not enough, he gave of his only begotten Son. God's generosity, his love for his creation knows no bounds. For he keeps calling through the Holy Spirit and enlightening with his gifts to continue to bring people in out of fear, out of terror, and giving them peace. Giving them peace. To give that life over to him. To say to God as we sang, order my goings, direct all my doings, as it may please thee, retain or release me. All I commit to thy fatherly hand. As a brother and sister in Christ, we should take these words seriously. Do we want God to order our life? Are we going to bed trusting that whatever might be taken from us the next day, fine, so be it. Are we looking at our neighbor down the street who asks for something in need and not questioning whether or not they will take advantage of our generosity, but saying, what you do with my, with my kindness is not, is not for me to know. But the Lord, the Lord will know. The Lord knows all things. He knows everything which you need. And he will provide it. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and my righteousness, his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. We should not be terrified and fearful over what we have or what we do not have. But always remember that God has our life in his hands. The one who knit you together in your mother's womb still daily takes care of you. The one who did all of those things for you over the entire course of your life also provided for you the blood of Christ to cover all your sins, to blot out all, all, all of your errors. And he provides for you a far greater treasure than this world has to offer. But you can't find that treasure by gathering things upon this earth. Treasure the things in heaven, where neither moth nor rust can destroy, where neither can the thief break in and steal it. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If your heart is with the creator and the sustainer of his creation, 
your life will be at ease. You will have that peace which God gives. So that whether or not you walk into church this week, and the next week you are as Martin, lying in a bed, you will remember that God will still sustain you. That he will still grant you his peace. That he will still keep your faith within your heart so that you may trust in him to deliver you from this place, from this world and all its temptations. That you may join with him in the possession, as we said on Sunday, of the kingdom and all things which belong to God. For that is his possession. And on the last day, he will turn it over to the saints, to those who believed in his name and trusted in him to the very end. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus, our Lord.